guys, this is Desi and welcome back to my podcast, Candle in a Dark Room. So today I have the beautiful Steph Eilith. She is a self-love coach, single mama of two, CEO of Powerhouse. She is also a recovering binge eater, addict, self-sabotager, shame blamer, perfectionist. She used her biggest mistake to help her wake up, find self-love, self-discipline, and self-worth. So I wanted her on here. I know her through another friend of mine and I followed her on social media for a little while and she is just, I mean, you know, I'm a recovering um, bulimic and for me, seeing her posts and your like inspirational posts have just been super uplifting and I really just love your positive energy and like anytime I watch your videos, I'm like, you make me smile. Like she just has <laughs> more energy and like the biggest smile of anyone I've ever seen. So welcome to my podcast. Thank you for that. Thank you so much for having me. I'm truly blessed to be here. So I appreciate you. Yeah. Well, why don't you kind of just start from the beginning and tell us kind of how you got to where you are today and what crappy things kind of started it. Yeah. I love it. Crappy things. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, so for me, I think the what kind of really stemmed from all of this after going through therapy and like working on myself was... So I got raped when I was 16, and that is kind of what the stem of a lot of stuff was. I was really sacred about my virginity. It was something that I wanted to keep. Like, I grew up really religious, and so I was like, okay, like, I, and we had this whole, like, purity party with my dad, and, like, my dad gave me this purity ring, and, like, I was really going to be safe about that and stuff, right? And um, I went to a party, so I got, I got started kind of, I started smoking weed and stuff when I was, like, 14, and I started doing things like that, and I started drinking a little bit, and then I really got into it when I was, like, 15, 16. Um, went to a party, got super drunk, got super high, and then, um, a kid I went to school with raped me and took my virginity and I just didn't know how to process it. I didn't know how to handle it. I didn't know what was going on. There was like all this shame, all this guilt. I'm like, oh, this is my fault because I was drunk. I was high. I put myself in this situation. Like, this is all on me. I shouldn't have been doing all this stuff anyway. So this is my punishment. This is what I get for this. And so it led me into this terrible like shame pit and I didn't know how to handle it and so I got really hardcore into drugs and so I just wanted to numb myself I didn't want to feel I didn't want to feel like that guilt like it's like as if like you just it comes all over you I don't know how to explain this like shame just it surrounds you right and every time I would process that or think about it it was just too much I couldn't handle it I didn't know what to do with that and I didn't know how to talk to my parents about it because I felt so guilty my parents were super disappointed in me I thought at this time because you know I was doing drugs I actually got arrested that night for an alcohol ticket like just all this stuff and so everything all at once I didn't know how to handle that and so it led me really into doing drugs a ton I got really into drugs and then my parents they're like okay this just isn't who you are this isn't like what Did you're they about know you had been assaulted no they didn't know that so I didn't talk to them about it until I was actually in recovery for for doing drugs okay um so I got really into cocaine really into ecstasy and my parents found out about that and it was just I was it was terrible so um my parents actually sent me to Washington to go live with my godparents and I went to rehab with them and they really helped me and they helped me get clean and that's where I finally felt safe enough to talk about what was really going on because they're like you don't just like go ham like that like what's going on with you yeah you know Mm -hmm. and like and you're just not yourself you're not who you used to be like there's just something dark about you honestly Mm -hmm. and so I was like well this is what happened and so we talked about it and finally got some healing with that and also I I had like a lot of like rejection issues just because my biological dad um left my mom when he found out she was pregnant they were like they were in college all this stuff and so I was like, oh, I just haven't ever been wanted from the beginning is how I assumed in my thoughts, right? And so that was also part of this rejection. And then me getting abused, I was like, oh, yeah, see, you're not worth it. Like, this is why. This is you deserve it. So these are the stories and the narrative that I'm telling myself. Mm -hmm. And then going to therapy, I was like, oh, wait, that's not at all. Like, this is not – I'm choosing to think that. I'm choosing to want to tell myself that. Um, And so starting to talk to my parents about it became awesome. But we never really – we talked about it, and then it was just kind of closed the door. Like, mm-hmm. okay, wow, you got raped. I'm so sorry. And then it was like, well, let's try to find this kid. Like, let's do all this stuff. And it was too late. Like, it, nothing could have happened with that at that point. Like, what in my eyes? And I was like, I just don't want to face that. I don't want to go there. I don't want to mm-hmm. deal with that. Like, it is what it is. And so my parents just left it at that. And we, like, we didn't really talk about it. It was just like, okay, we'll just keep it under the rug. And then through that, I saw that also from 14, I had like an eating disorder. So I always just thought that I was fat. I literally in my head for whatever reason, 
always thought I was fat. Mm-hmm. And I go back and look at pictures now, and I'm like, what? what? Like, I literally yeah. don't, can't even imagine the way, because what I saw was so not what I saw. Mm-hmm. And so when people talk about, like, body dysphoria, it's so real. Dysmorphia, yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. Because, like you said, you don't realize until you look back, and then you're like, I would do anything to look like that. Yes! Now. Yes! And I was so hard on myself. Oh, yeah, we are I so mean to like, ourselves. Yes. It's so sad, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, like, you can relate. Like, you understand, obviously, from, from on both these sides. Right. Um, so... Then going back and like learning like how I, all these different triggers and how I've always had all these different triggers in my life, but I didn't know ever how to cope with them or how to handle them. Mm-hmm. And so then I just continued this self-sabotage behavior. I was really good at distracting myself, like overwhelming myself. I got really good at like being an achiever because I was like, well, if I can like be successful in something, then I'll finally feel worth. I'll finally feel like mm-hmm. I can, I deserve to live almost like in a sense. Right. And it was like how I was trying to feel valuable and like show up in the world I guess and so that worked for me I became successful but I still never really loved myself I still didn't actually go in and deal with like these root issues of like I'm not enough I'm rejected like I'm not valuable I don't feel like I'm worthy like all these things so these are still the thoughts that are just constantly going in my head the constant narrative and um then I become a mom and then that's like a whole other thing, right? right? So like my identity is then shifted as a mom. And I'm like, okay, who am I going to be as a mom? And how am I going to show up for my beautiful little daughter that I just had? And how can I become the best her? Because everything that's going on in my head that doesn't doesn't serve her. It doesn't serve right. me. It's not helping me be my best me. And if you don't mind me asking, were you yeah. in a marriage relationship? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. So yeah, I was married. Um, okay. So I was married for almost 10. We were together for almost 12 years. Um, and we got married right when we were 18. So as soon as I, or not, we got together when we were 18 and got married when we were 20. So as soon as I came home from rehab, I met him and like, he kind of saved me like, because I just came back from Washington. Um, I didn't want to go back to like all my old friends because obviously Mm -hmm. like who you hang out with is who you become. And so I didn't really know like where I fit back in. So I was like, okay, I'm back home in Utah. Everybody I know parties, does drugs, like is in a total scene that I don't want to be in or they're super religious. And I like, I'm like, I don't fit in any of that right now. I'm just trying to figure out like where I am, what I'm doing. And so I met him and then he kind of saved me and like kind of brought me into a different world, I guess. And like, um, so we got like super outdoorsy, like started doing a bunch of different stuff that I had never really done before. And then we got married, we were 20 and, um, Honestly, we got we got married so young because like we're in Utah, and if yeah. in Utah, if you're not married with like 27 kids, like you're just like <laughs> by the time you're like 20, then you're not in Utah, right? <laughs> it's like literally, right. it's crazy. Yeah. And so we got married. Um, we both went to school. We traveled and stuff, and then we had kids and thought we were ready for kids. Like, but you never really are ready for kids. No, so never. Like, <laughs> even when you're 30, you're still never ready. yeah, you just are. Mm-hmm. And you know, me and him didn't really communicate a whole lot because that, that was my pattern of behavior was avoidance. Like if something was going on, I never spoke my truth. I just mm-hmm. avoided it and like would distract myself, overwhelm myself, get super busy so I don't have to deal with it. Right. And so anytime there was problems in our marriage or we actually had to have like a real discussion, that was my go-to. Avoid, push away, leave me alone. Not I'd get, it. yeah, super rude. I'd be like, oh no, like I don't want to talk about this. And so I would just like, and so we would go days without communicating. We'd literally like not talk for like days because I was just, my avoidance behavior would come out fully you know Mm -hmm. and that didn't serve us obviously in our relationship and um so after I got pregnant and I gained 90 pounds being pregnant because no one told me like everybody's like oh yeah like if you breastfeed like you're gonna be so fine nothing fell off yeah where does this fall off period happen like I'm sorry and where does it fall off to because I would love to know the only thing that fell were my boobs my boobs fully (laughs) Now I'm 90 pounds heavier than I ever was before. I have stretch marks everywhere. My boobs are literally hanging to the ground. I'm trying to figure out how to breastfeed. I have freaking nipple hair. No one tells you that you get like all this like weird <laughs> shit that happens. Sorry if I kind of didn't mean to swear. No, but it's like body that like no yeah nobody tells you about the like gross weird things. No, you're a mom or after you have a baby. Literally, like, nobody yeah. says that. No one says anything because because you just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Like I remember like the whole time in the delivery room, I was like, just don't tell me if I poop. And then like you already did. I'm like, oh god. I'm like, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm My sister-in-law was the same thing. She's like, I just really hope I don't poop. I looked at her and I was like. You're going to. Yeah. Like, you do. Like, you just like, are. You just can't. Just you just are. can't help it. Everyone just needs to, like, get over it. Don't get it before you even notice. Yeah. It's fine. Like, you're just going to poop. It's going to be a good time. Oh, but you're also going to birth a baby. Yeah. You're bringing out a baby. Yeah. Out of yeah. Hole. Like, exactly. you're okay. 
Um, but yeah, so like I just, I had like all this stuff going on in my head. I didn't know how to really kind of handle it and process it. And that kind of started me on part of my self-love journey. So I actually joined a network marketing company. So I was like, I'm like, I just need to get myself better. I need to get out of this funk that I'm in. And so that started me reading like a ton of different self-help books. And like, you just decided like, I'm done with feeling this way. Like I need it. Yeah. Okay. So this was when my daughter was, um, so she was about like seven and a half months old. Okay. And I still was just dealing with like postpartum anxiety and like just I didn't feel like myself. Um, I was like, and I was such a perfectionist with being a mom. Like I was like, oh, I have to show up and be like the best mom I can possibly be. Mm-hmm. And so I became a freak. Like I was literally anal retentive about it. I was like such a perfectionist and I hated that. I, that was, I did not want to show up that way. And I pushed my husband away at the time because like I'm like, everything has to be this way and I'm going to do everything all on my own and like it's going to be perfect. And so we had like, I had a, sp- a very specific schedule and like I did this, the baby wise method, which I fully believe in. And I think it's great, but I took it to the extreme. Um, And then I was like, everything has to be like homemade and I'm going to breastfeed and like, we can't, like everything has to be clean. And like, I was a freak. Like I was just psycho. And it was because I was dealing with so much going on inside and I didn't want to sit and figure it out. So I was like, I'll control everything else. Right. Yeah. And so it was like, I'll clean up everything on the outside because what's going on on the inside is the biggest mess. Like no one can even see. It's like that closet when someone's like, oh, I'm coming over. And so you put everything in it. Yeah. Like, and you're like, oh, yeah, my house is totally clean. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then when it comes to cleaning, you're like, yeah, I don't know where to start, so I'm going to avoid it. Yeah, and you do. Yeah. I 100% like relate to that because it's when you see the mess from the outside, it seems like it's too much work, too much of like a hassle. Yeah. So why even bring it up? Why deal yep. with it? Yep. You know? But then obviously, like you said, it was coming out in other ways that were it does. destroying your life in other ways. It does. It's like you walk by that closet and then you start to see like part of your coat hanging out. You're like, oh shit, it's actually starting to come out now. Like yeah. I'm going to have to deal with this. Mm-hmm. And that's what I started to see is like I was pushing friends away because I didn't feel, I felt so gross and so ugly and so not me and so right. like weird in my head that I didn't, I wouldn't even go to parties. I want to go to functions. Like when I say party, I mean like little kid events yeah, and stuff like, like that. Anything. Like anything. I was just like, I'm like, I just don't feel like me. And so that got me into, I'm like, I don't want to feel this way anymore. I hate this feeling. I don't like it and so I started that part of my journey with network marketing and I was like oh I'll do really good at this and I'm just gonna pour my life into this but it was another form of distraction right, right? without me realizing it. Yeah. I'm like oh I'll distract myself yet Before again other and like, that was the thing was oh work was always been has always been my driver so I'm like oh I can because it's easy to justify right well if I'm not spending time with my daughter or my husband but I'm working well, that's okay because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm providing for them. Right. And so that's okay. So I can just go work 70 hours a week and never have to deal with what's really going on because wow. of that. Right? Right. And so that became that. And then I did really good. I did actually, I made $10,000 in, in two months. So I was like, okay, cool. And so then I got promoted at my job to being the vice president. And so I, I stopped that little side hustle and fully embraced being uh, the vice president of the company that I worked for. And then that was like a whole new identity. So like figuring out all this stuff, right? Whatever. And... Then um, we get pregnant with my second daughter. And during this time, me and my husband are just not communicating. We're not talking because total avoidance. I'm pushing him away. I'm struggling being a mom. I'm struggling showing up as a mom. I don't know how to deal with this perfectionism that's still within me. I I, I just, I'm not loving me. And I'm, I'm struggling so bad. And, and I have all this guilt and all this shame from me still, right? And so I don't know how to handle it and I, I want to talk but I don't know how to connect to someone emotionally because I'm so guarded and I'm so shut off because that's the only way that I know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm emotionally unavailable to anybody. You have those walls up. Absolutely. Have, nobody can even climb over. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm so good at faking it. Like I'm so good. Like, oh my, yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah it's fine. Yes. yes. Like, and in that voice too, right? Like, yeah, like you said, you're good. You... I feel like when those of us that go through these type of things and are good at hiding it, we become so good at faking it that we believe ourselves. Absolutely. I, I can completely relate to that because, I mean, I've had people, when, after I came out of my store, be like, I would never have guessed that that was, happened to you. Right. And that that was your life and, like, you were going through these things because we're so good at faking. Not that we're liars or this and that, but we've had to learn how to, like, keep living. Well, yeah. Even with all this crap that yes. we're dealing with. Well, I'm like, we talked about this earlier for a little bit, but it's like, you have to to go into survival mode. Right. And so somehow you have to figure out, well, how do I still have to survive? And so you just push yourself through it. And I think 
and like we kind of talk, relate on this like the distraction method like well I'll distract myself and I'll overwhelm myself and I'll become productive and successful in one area of my life to give myself that worth or that accomplishment right. and it does work like it it teaches you some awesome yeah. skill traits but you want to figure out how you can use that everywhere else well, and it balance. does work but only for so long until it starts getting overwhelming again. yeah until that closet starts to burst yeah. right and that's what it was and so it started to burst for me and so I connected with someone because I needed a connection and I and I got vulnerable for the first time with someone and I had an emotional affair on my husband Mm -hmm. and um that became like this huge huge awakening for me and that was the final breaking point did he know that you would have this emotional affair yeah so it, it all came out and uh, that was like the scariest thing of my life, right? And so we went to therapy, we talked about it, we went through a ton of healing work with that, and he really forgave me. He like full on forgave me, and it was like the most beautiful blessing because I've never felt like just forgiveness like that and someone working with me with that. And um, what it really was was just all me and my shame and my guilt, and I never felt worthy or felt worth it, and so I just wanted to keep pushing myself away and keep self-sabotaging, and so... And I didn't feel like I deserved the marriage we had. And I honestly wasn't happy in our marriage, honestly. And so instead of me speaking my truth and feeling like I could do that, I was like, I'll just self-sabotage it. Because that's the only way that I know how to do something is to distract myself and sabotage. And ruin it before it gets, before right. it's going to blow up anyway. Yeah. And I remember those same things. Well, it's going to blow up anyway, so I might as well ruin it before yep. it happens. Because at least I'm in control yes. of it. Yes. The control freak. Part, yeah. Right? Exactly. Like the perfectionism. Like it, we don't even realize how that shows up. Yes. And so... You know, while this is all coming out, I'm like, wow, this is not the person I ever imagined myself being, the person I ever thought I could be, and anything like that. Like, that's just not the standard that I have for myself or how I want to hold myself. My dad had affairs on my mom, and so I was like, wow, like, I know how this feels on both sides. Like, how how am I showing up as this person right now? And then that became the question, well, who do you want to be? And why are you not being that person then? Who, what's the what's, what's the kind of mom do you want to be? What kind of what kind of woman do you want to be? What kind of wife do you want to be at the time? What kind of woman like every everything? What kind of leader are you? And at this time, like I'm leading at a company, right? And so right. I have all these people looking up to me. So I feel like I'm this fraud. I feel like I have no integrity. I don't have it. Like I'm like, who am I to lead these people when I'm a complete shit show right. and like I'm falling apart, but no one can see except to go pretend like everything's fine and push people, right? Right. And so then that became this question of who do I want to be and that started my whole self-love journey was well who do you want to be and I knew everything that I had done to this point I didn't want any of that anymore I wanted to finally heal I wanted to finally deal with it and I remembered when I started reading all these self-help books and I had gone to school for psychology so I I got all this stuff I didn't want to like face it and like deal with it Mm -hmm. and I was like well this is the only way that you can do it is to full-on face it and deal with it and so that's what I started doing so I started facing all my shame all my guilt all, everything my why I would eat so much like and that was my that was my stress device like was okay well if I'm not if I can't party all the time because I'm a mom then I'll just eat and food was food's everywhere right and it's so easy I still hadn't gotten rid of all the baby weight I was still upset with myself I was still mad at myself and I'd get mad at myself and I would eat as I, and I'm mad at myself for eating, for eating right yeah. but then I'm eating at the same time yeah. and I'm like why am I doing this and so then I'd punish myself and I'm like okay well now you can't eat for three days and so I wouldn't and I would just drink water I would go like on these juice binges or I'd be like yes. you can only have celery you can only yeah. have five crackers you can have I was so, so, so silly. And I was so mean to myself. All oh, the things I would say and like how I look at my body and treat myself. It just breaks me to think that, right? Mm-hmm. And all of the, all these problems, all this self-sabotage behavior it is all the same. It's all from the same reason. I never felt like I was enough. And it started out from my dad, from being raped, from like all this stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So finally going in and facing and being like, wow. I'm choosing to play the victim at all this. I'm choosing to say like, oh, because all these things happen. That's why I'm allowing these self-sabotage behaviors. Versus me taking right. taking power and taking my power back was how do I want to choose to say have this story and how can I find the gift in all this? And it's like, okay, cool. What's the lesson? Well, even, you know, my dad didn't want me when I was a baby, right? And I just use like air marks. You can't see that. Yeah. But it's like, okay, well, you know what? That's a beautiful gift because I got to experience life with who I call my dad. And he was amazing for me. And it taught me that 
we may never feel like we're not enough, like we're rejected by something, but it's always because there's something better coming. Right. And there's like this beautiful journey with that. And it taught me that I am enough. I don't need someone to validate me with that. Mm -hmm. And then from being raped, it taught me the power of forgiveness to forgive someone else. So to forgive him was like the best thing for me because it released all that power. It released that like that you, you took something from me and I was still letting him take that from me day after day after day that I was reliving that mm -hmm. nightmare or reliving it and be like, yeah, woe was me, woe was me. But it's like, okay, cool girl, like get over it. Like, yeah, it happened yeah. and that sucks and that's terrible. But how can you use that? And the gift with that was that, okay, I've been through this experience to help someone else through their experience yep. of this, to help someone else heal from their experience, right? And then to help learn how to forgive and see that they're going through so much pain that that's how they have to hurt you. Or, right. you know what I mean? Well, and, and you don't forgive people for them. You forgive it. They forgive people for you. You need to forgive people for you. Because if you forgive people for them and you're like, okay, fine, I forgive you, what's that going to do for them? It's for you mm -hmm. that you have to forgive because if not, it eats you away. It builds up. It and does. That's where self sabotaging and everything comes in. Right. Well, because it becomes a toxic, right? right? It's a toxin. I feel like for me personally, it was like a toxic chemical in me, honestly, of like this hate, mm -hmm. this emo this anger, this well, anxiety. Like too. Exactly. Of being like, well. I can't do this because of what happened to me. Oh, well, I can't move on because of what happened yeah. to me. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you haven't forgiven and you haven't let yourself. You yeah. Know what I mean? You haven't so forgiven you yourself, I think, is huge with that. Right. And it was that. It was like, because I was still saying, well, see, this this is a story that tells you that you're not worth it or you're not enough or like you just, who would want you now? Right. That was like the story that I had tell, been telling myself. And so I showed up that way. So I ruined my marriage through all that. I self-sabotaged and, you know, all these different kinds of things. And so... And then through the, my mistake in my marriage, that taught me, like, the power of someone else forgiving me mm -hmm. and, like, really allowing me to have a second chance. And then the power of learning how to speak my truth, the power of actually saying what I mean. What I mean by that is, like, knowing what my truth was and feeling confident enough to talk about that and go get the help for that and realizing that I was avoiding so much because I never wanted to actually talk to me or get to mm -hmm. know me or deal with me. And so it became this powerful gift of that. And then... All that connected, like the biggest part of this is that every single thing I went through was to help someone else through theirs. And it became that powerful gift of it and like the binge eating and everything like that. So I want to take my power back with that. And for me, anytime I want to take my power back, it's I put I just want to punch it in the face and that helps me with my power. Yeah. So like um, for an example... I have a fear of heights. I did have a fear of heights. And so I started rock climbing. That's to me is how I'm going to get over my fear. So I just embrace mm -hmm. it fully. Take take massive action towards do it. it. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and so it worked. And so um, for me to have gained control over how I thought about food and how I viewed food and the energy behind food and all that was like, okay, I'm like, I'm just going to get into fitness and I'm going to figure that out. And so I lost 80 pounds. I did an NPC bikini show and I really learned how to hone in on that. And what I'm like, so that made me sit with my thoughts like, okay, why am I choosing to go eat right now? What's really going on? Oh, I feel stressed out. I feel anxiety. I feel fear. I feel, I feel, um, you know, worry. I feel like all these expectations upon me, whatever it may be. Or, hey, we're at Target and my daughter just freaked out in the middle of the store. All these moms just stared at me. I feel shame. Mm -hmm. And so you want to know what I'm doing? I want, I want to go eat a Snickers because it's going to make me feel better for 2.2 seconds. Right. And then I'm going to get mad at myself. I just ate that Snickers. And then and, it's a full circle. Yes, again. exactly. Yeah. And so then I'm going to go home and, I, and then I'm going to go yell at my husband because I'm so mad at myself that I just ate this Snickers. My daughter freaked out in the store. So I'm a bad mom. And I'm a bad person because I just ate this. And so, you know what? You should have done the dishes. Like, yeah. okay. And then I freak out on him. So I'm going to push him away because I don't feel worth that either. Right? And then my friend's going to text me. And I'm not going to text them back or go to this thing that they're inviting me to because I don't feel like it. And so my friends don't really want me there. So yeah. I'm not going to go. And so it's this whole self-sabotage behavior. And then it rolls into Monday and then Tuesday and then Wednesday and then Thursday and Friday. And it's just this, this cycle, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just so sick of that. And so I was like, I just have to take my power back. And like, I can it was like the food was like the root cause so much of everything else because it was trickling into everything else that I did. And it right. was how I focused and how I thought. Well, like you said, food, and I've said this before on my podcast about eating disorders, is food's everywhere. Everywhere. Unfortunately, when you, know, when you were a drug addict and you did those things, you don't have to look at cocaine every day. Right. You don't have to look at right. you know, drugs every day and have them thrown in your face. Food, on the other hand, is something we will never be able to avoid. Yes. And it's something that we constantly, when you're recovering from an eating disorder, you have to face that fear every single day. Every day. At least two times a day. If, if not, not all day. Like it, and it's a constant, it's a choice. Constantly. Yeah, and that's on counting holidays where it's in your face all day long. Every dessert, every meal. And yeah, and so like you said, it's an easy coping mechanism to go back into, well, I'm just going to go eat then and basically fill myself up so yep. I don't actually 
actually feel anything. Yep, exactly. And it is that. And then you, and I would literally eat myself until I hurt so I could be so numb. Like, yeah. and I, what I mean by that is my stomach would physically hurt and yeah. like my body would physically hurt because I just mm-hmm. ate so much. And, but even then you still have like a point where you're like, oh, that's too much. And so then you'll stop. Like, it's like weird how we have like our certain binge points and then yeah. we're like, okay, that's, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm t- okay, that's enough. And, and then, the line, see, yeah. the line was I would do that, but then I would release by, by purging. Mm. And so then I was like, okay, but now I feel better. But then emotionally I was like, I felt, oh, like, you know, oh, I just totally. all that inside of me. I just like, I feel gross. Like I need to brush my teeth. Like, do I sneak? You know, those type of things. Yeah. All these other thoughts come in in replace of that. So right. Again, it's just a vicious cycle. It's if it's not healthy, it's no, nothing you do is going to make it okay. Nothing. Hey guys, so quick break. So if you came to my podcast launch back in August, you saw one of the vendor booths from the lovely ladies from Clone Apparel. The founder Alex was actually a guest on episode ten, Darkness Before Dawn, which was about suicide prevention. They specialize in apparel for every booty, men and women. I can literally go from recording this podcast to the gym to picking up the kids from school and never have to worry about them moving, scrunching, and showing my booty. They are squat proof, moisture wicking, and did I mention super affordable? I'm talking nothing over $40. You can find them on Facebook or on Instagram at Clone Apparel. That's K-L-O-N Apparel. And the link to their website is in the bio. If you use my discount code, candle in a dark room, one word, you will get 20% off. So make sure you check them out because I know you'll be obsessed too. You know, and so you found um, working out. What got you to do the workout? Like what kind of got you in that in the first place? Yeah, um, I had always been, not always, but I, my mom, my mom's super into fitness and has always been like that. She's been a trainer and different things like that. So I had always been inspired by my own mom, by the stuff that she did with that and how she coped with, like, she kind of used that as her coping mechanism. So fitness was always kind of in your life, even without it being personal. Yeah. Um, but for me, fitness was another limiting belief about myself, to be honest. It Mm. was, um, so everybody in my family, except for me, is super athletic, they're super tall, oh, okay. and they have a different dad, right? right? And so in my head, I'm thinking that I, I'm never going to be athletic because I don't have the same dad as them, and so I just, so I, I assumed that about myself, and so mm-hmm. I never really pushed myself to see what I was capable of. Um, I tried out for different sports teams, but I wouldn't really fully try out, like now that I see it, like, and I can see it, it's like, oh, like I self-sabotaged even that, because yeah. I wanted to prove to myself, well, you're not athletic, right? Oh. And you're not enough. And this is the same story you want to keep telling yourself. Until I did all this work, then I was like, holy shit. Like, I have been doing this for years. Like, yeah. wow. It's like you do too much work to self-sabotage yourself than it would be to just do it. Oh, my God. Like, literally, it's like, okay. <laughs> just like with kids. Go go brush your teeth. My son would rather put toothpaste in his mouth and gargle yeah. than actually just brush his teeth yeah. because he's trying to protest that he does not want to brush his teeth. I'm like, why? Like, what is the point? Why do we do that to ourselves? I don't know. Like, and it's just, it's just a cycle. Yeah. It's just... I don't think that we're, I don't personally feel like, and I'm, this is a movement I would love to help make happen, is that we don't teach emotional intelligence. We don't teach us how to cope with anything that goes on. And so that's mm-hmm. one thing I really do as a parent now is like, my daughter's freaking out. I'm like, okay, what are you feeling? Yep. What's, what's thing. going on? What is making you feel this way or act yeah, this way? Exactly. Yes, I think that's so important. I'm 100% with you on that because my son starts acting out or my daughter starts throwing a fit. Hey, something's going on more than just you throwing a fit right. because you want you don't want to brush your teeth. Yes. You know, and then you end up do finding out, okay, well something yeah. happened at school or something you know, yes. It all comes out. It does. It always does. Even like last night my daughter started freaking out, got all upset. I'm like, Okay, babe, what's going on? Like are you what tell me what you're feeling right now? And she's like, I d I don't know. I'm like, Okay, well I don't know is an unanswered. So mm-hmm. what are you feeling? Try to tell me what it explain it to me, use your words. And so it comes to find out that her and her little friend at school got in a fight. And so her and Penelope might not be best, best, best friends. Now they're only best friends. I'm like, okay. I'm like, so what's the difference between a best friend and a best, best friend? She's like, well, a best, best friend is always with you for your whole life. And a best friend is just only there on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh, my And I'm like, why? So so there's part-time kids at her school on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I'm like, oh, okay. And so her little friend got moved to Tuesdays and Thursdays and whatever. And so she was just 
And so that's just so funny. But it's like, I'm like, okay, let me help you figure this out, right? And like process that and learn how to deal with that emotionally because otherwise she will end up turning to food or she's going to go turn to drugs or she's going to go. It's, and it's, and she might still do that, but I'm, I'm helping her in the best way that I feel like to help her realize like you get a choice. Break the cycle. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. what's the, what's the emotion you're really going through right now? And I think that's a huge problem that we have today is that we have so much in front of us but not the right in front of us. Like we have so much information, but that we're on constant overload. We don't know how to actually sit and just sit down process. And look at it. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, wow, what am I really going through? What am I really feeling? Sorry, that was like a really weird long answer. But <laughs> so yeah, so fitness it was so honestly, fitness for me was a way of me to face the limiting belief about myself that I'm not an athlete. And so, like I said, I love to just face anything that I feel like I can't do head on because that's mm-hmm. how I, that immersion therapy is what works for me. It's what has helped me. It's what's healed me. Prove my like, to prove yourself. Yeah, to to for me, that's what works for me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that doesn't work for everybody. And like you can choose whatever kind of cognitive behavior therapy that works best for you. For me, that's that if I face it. I'm like, I took my power. You don't have power over me. And that's what works for me. So it was that. It was like that. I had this limiting belief about myself that I can't ever be athletic. And so doing this show and like getting, I used to run a lot. So being, getting into running and doing all that kind of stuff really helped me to overcome that. And for me, honestly, working out is how I deal with the demons in my head. It's how I get clarity. It's how I cure my anxiety. It's how I cure my overwhelmment. It's how I check in with me. It's how I connect with my higher power. It's how I find like my light for the day. It's how I find my energy. It literally, it heals me because I go in there and whatever problem I have to work out, I literally work it out. And well, you do it for yourself. You posted the other day about the mom guilt. Yeah. And I, again, resonated with that. I have the same thing like I want to work out but my daughter's like no mom you've been gone all day okay I won't go and then I don't go to the gym and then I feel bad because I didn't go to the gym and it's a whole vicious cycle again but you said it the other day perfect of like do it because it's you're doing it for you and it ends up making you a better mom yeah and a better wife and everything else it's okay to take that time for yourself whatever what it is to keep your mental sanity yes it is okay to to do that and yeah I think that's great that you've learned that like that's your coping skill that's what makes you feel good inside that's what keeps you going that's what makes you a good mom yeah and it does and it's for me it's checking in with me and giving myself that time in that space and mm-hmm. it really does help me to be my best me and it helps me work out what's going on in my head and it helps me for when I am triggered like that's what copes me through it because I, every day I still deal with the want to go eat and like handle that like I don't feel like that necessarily always that ever fully goes away no. there's still this voice in my head and it's instead knowing the tools that I have to use to face that head on mm-hmm. and that's one of the tools that's something that's very important to me is I have a very specific morning routine that's religious for me because that helps me to be my best me it helps me to never go back to the person that I was right. before and I actually had a flare-up with that so I haven't binged in a very very long time yeah, I and I did that this last weekend I was just so stressed out and I didn't end but the, the beauty of it was a when so I binged on a bunch of ice cream but I, I did it in front of other people and I was like I'm choosing to do this right now and I realized that and so I was like I'm okay I have to use the right syntax in here so it doesn't affect me later and what I mean by that is when we say I'm choosing this it's not going to carry that shame and that guilt with you because yeah. you're like well I'm making this you're choice. still you're still in charge yes yeah. I'm still in charge and that's what works for me and so I was like I'm like okay but why Stephanie, why are you choosing this right now? Mm-hmm. And so as I'm eating the ice cream, I'm like, why are you choosing this? Like, why are you doing this to yourself? <laughs> and I was like, okay, okay, this is not who you want to be. And I stopped after that. So normally I would have then gone and ate. I would have ate so much more. So I would probably, yeah. yeah. So there's a way. I already in messed that. up, so I might as well continue. Oh, yeah. totally. But with, you know, bulimia, it's the same thing. Okay, well, I already had a donut, so I already ruined my calories for the day, so I might as well have six more, and then I'm going to throw them up anyway. Yes. I mean, it's easy to do that, and it's easier in your head, but what I liked when you explained it the other day, and you posted that, was you forgive yourself. Yep. And you move on. Yes. And you say, okay, you know what? I screwed up, and I've had to do that, and I'm not going to act like, and people know I'm in recovery, and I'm not going to act like I haven't binge and purged in 10 years, you know what I mean? I've had my moments, but I've learned to not sit there and make myself feel horrible every single time. Okay, well, I binge and purged yesterday, so I guess I relapsed, so I might as well keep doing it for another couple weeks and whatever. No, like, okay, I did it. I messed up. I need to be honest with myself, Mm -hmm. and then I need to figure out, like you said, the why, Yep. and then I need to forgive myself and move on. Yes. 
and that's that's the that's to me is like the beautifulness of awareness is that you're like okay what am I doing right now Mm -hmm. and the more aware you become the faster you can process out of this kind of stuff so where before it could have taken it's like before it took me years right Mm -hmm. to to be awake enough to be like wow this is what's going on why am I doing this or I would see it but I wouldn't have the action step to get myself out of it and so it'd be this a cycle that could happen for three months at a time and then I'd be good for three months and then like or maybe it's two weeks or whatever Right. right but so and the more aware you become, you can see like, oh, okay, I'm not going to let this guilt and the shame carry me down because that's the cycle is that you let shame show up for you and shame says, right. I'm a bad person. How could I have done this? I'm terrible. I'm not worthy. I'm not enough. And so it makes you self-sabotage mm-hmm. everything else that you do. I took 10 steps back. Yeah. And then you hurt everybody else around you. And so instead I was like, okay, cool. This is just a way that you get to show up to be your best you. So mm-hmm. move on from it. Deal with what's really going on. Deal with what's actually happening in your life. And I didn't realize I was avoiding something until like that and I was like oh okay trigger point okay yeah. cool like yep okay we gotta deal with this well, being honest with yourself like you yeah said, being honest with yourself and even you going out and being honest with your community about it and how you posted that I mean that's huge it's a yeah. big deal and Thank I think that's super empowering to be like it's okay that you messed up and you know people look to, people look at you and you're like you know all this advice but it's okay that it's good for people to see that you're still human Thanks. and that you still struggle and it's still something you have to fight every day. Every yeah, absolutely. I and mean, we all are human. And I think the best thing with that is we have to give ourselves grace because mm-hmm. otherwise we stay in shame and we have yeah. to honor ourselves and give ourselves forgiveness all the time mm-hmm. and just be like, okay, I'm human. I'm gonna make a mistake. But right. then you get that choice. Do you want to stay in that mm-hmm. mistake and let that mistake define you and take your power right. and or it becomes like you're back in that shame cycle or do you want to level up and you want to say, okay, what's the learning lesson here? What's the gift mm-hmm. here? How can I change? my life from this and then how can I empower someone else's life from it and I feel like that's what life is is that everything you're going through you're going through for a purpose and a reason to help someone else through theirs and so you can learn and you can find the gift of life and like there's beauty in all that we do constantly you just have to choose to see it that way Mm -hmm. and for me that it was just that just just the last weekend I was like okay cool this is a trigger here's what I gotta do here's how okay cool like whatever Mm -hmm. and it just becomes that beautiful process of that. And so, like, my biggest mistake really with my ex, like, that woke me up to being my best self and to taking the inner work and to doing that dive in that and, like, um, just finding me. Because before, when I was, like, I didn't need part of like a mom is that get mom guilt like I wanted to so badly do have hobbies and like go do stuff and like work out but I was like oh no you're a mom so now all you can do is be a mom that's yeah. what you do and you don't know like you can you, you can, can still have, have all these identities, identities. Yes. yes you can like be whoever you want like, yes no but you can be a mom have that identity you can be a wife have that identity you can be a counselor and have that identity. Yes. you can do so many different things well, I don't know why we as a society try to have one identity and one identity only and if we have more than one then that means we failed at the other yeah and I don't think that that's okay like no there there's so much of this world that we can use yeah why are we not using absolutely so I agree yeah so what kind of got you to where you are today with powerhouse and kind of how that whole thing started yeah absolutely um so I hired a coach after everything came out um with me and my ex and we went to therapy and I was like therapy's working for me but I want something more and it was honestly another way of distraction so I was like yeah. oh my god this is a lot to deal with and I just had a baby and like oh, I don't know I'm like are we gonna get divorced we just had this baby and like what's happening and um so I hired a coach and so we ended up getting divorced during that time you just decided that yeah and it was like really what was best for us and it was really it was people were like no you, there's no way you just come together on that but we honestly were like in order for us to be our best selves, this isn't going to work for us anymore because me being with with him in, in my mind was me showing up in shame and guilt every day still. Like, I was still seeing, like, my play out of that, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I did, so I was still not showing up fully for him and there was just a lot of that and like a fresh start. Yeah, it was just different. Well, and like we, and we really realized that we weren't, we weren't matching and there was so much in our lives that we wanted such different lives and that was okay. And it was okay to want that and it was okay to be, to be different. And I'm not, I'm not an advocate of like divorce or anything like that. I'm not saying, oh yeah, go get divorced. Like put in the work for it. Try to make it work. To like actually be honest with each other about it and cordially make that decision. Yeah. I think is so great because most days unfortunately that's not the case no I think that's a great example for your kids too totally and I was like that was the choice was like I'm like we and that was part of his he's like you're so 
loving everybody else and you're so happy everywhere else we go and then you come home and you're just not you anymore mm -hmm. and it was just because of that because like I didn't want to be in that relationship and stuff and so us speaking that truth like now we get along so well we co-parent so well That's and it was awesome. because we're like we're, we need to show up to be our best for our kids and our kids right. can see two happy healthy humans apart and see us respect each other and, and that's what's important together yeah right. and it was like and it really clicked for us when one night we were all in the kitchen and my oldest Ella she was like two and a half at the time she's like mom dad kiss and both of us were like it was the most awkward setting and it was like just dead silent and we're like oh she notices mm. this she can see this. She yeah. can sense this energy. She can sense this awkwardness. And so as a kid, she's trying to connect us, right? Yeah. And then and we're, like, pushing that off. And so that was, like, a really eye-opening. And that weekend is when, really, when we decided, we're like, yeah, it's not fair for her. Mm -hmm. And, yeah. So I hired a coach. Um, my original plan was to be on TED Talks. I was like, I just got to figure out how I can get on TED Talks. I'll get a coach. Yeah. She's going to help me with all this stuff, which I just applied for this week. Um, last week, sorry, last Friday. Yeah, and sense. we'll see if what, ha what happens with it. So it's also, a process. It is such a process. Like, I looked into it and I'm like, ooh, I'm gonna wait till that because that's a long process. I'm like, I'll, I'll have somebody. I'll wait for somebody. <laughs> I'll help you. I'll help you. <laughs> yeah, you can help me with it because I'm like, ooh. Or tell oh, them we'll just get you. We'll just get someone to reach out to you. Like we'll just manifest yes. that. They're just gonna put you on TED Talks. Yes, like, we're, we're gonna do it. We can do like a TED Talk, which is like all of us. Let's just make like, our own TED Talks. Yes. We're like, this is. We've got a lot. Of we have like a random apps. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Um, so yes, that's what I did. And, and through that, I finally dealt with my shame and my guilt. I actually, my coach made me sit with my feelings and I actually do it in a way like that, a life coach, right? yes, a okay. life coach. Yeah. That, um, that I had never felt before. And so I finally learned how to actually deal with my emotions. And it was the hardest thing in my entire life. And she made me just sit there and be like, well, what are you really feeling? What's really going on? Why is this, where is this coming from? Okay. And then, and I learned the art of journaling and meditation and habits and self-discipline. And that was really what it was. And so I gave up drinking. I stopped drinking. I haven't drank in um, a year and a half. I, um. so I decided I, I woke up for a year at 4 o'clock in the morning just so I could get my routine done and I could have self-discipline. Um. And, like, learning self-discipline to me is learning how to trust yourself. And what it really came down to is I didn't trust myself because I kept sabotaging so much that I didn't think I could ever actually do it. And mm -hmm. so when I learned how to trust myself and start to keep promises to myself, even if it was like things like waking up at four o'clock in the morning or, hey, today you're going to do this. And every time I follow through with it, I started to love myself. I started mm -hmm. to trust myself. Be proud of yourself. Yes. Yeah. And I started to deal with myself more because I was like, okay, yeah, I, I can go in that closet. I can, I can move this coat. Mm -hmm. I can organize this. I can deal with this. Okay, yeah. yep, this is why this is here. You know what? I can give this away. It doesn't bring me joy. And what I mean by that is, oh, these thoughts don't serve me. These thoughts don't empower me. I can get rid of that. I can choose to let go of that. I can choose to step into who I want to be. And I can make this closet pretty and powerful as I want. And it doesn't need to be all at once. It was no, a process. It was. It's little by little because all at once, yeah, that's overwhelming. And that's it was. much. So yeah. Little by little, like you just said, is what... I think is key yeah. because people I think think well I need to fix this now yep and the fact that you didn't do that and slowly did it yeah I think is way more rewarding oh totally and I think that's well in the past that used to be I was like oh, I have to do it all at once and mm -hmm. so I'd give myself these unachievable goals and I wouldn't be able to reach it because I'd be like well you have to lose 27 pounds in two days and you need to go get a million dollars and blah blah <laughs> and it was like okay and you achieve it and then you feel bad yes now. and then yeah. I'd self-sabotage and I'd be like well that's why I'm not worthy blah 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 the yeah. stupid cycle right and so finally understanding that and dealing with it and going back and be, and it was like a light bulb turned on. I actually woke up and I was like, I've been doing this cycle for years, like yeah. in such different ways in every way possible. And why can't I just finally just heal myself? And it was just that. She's like, well, you can't, you just got to choose to. And I was like, holy shit, I can take my power back. <laughs> and so I did that and I was like, I got to teach everybody else how to do this because yeah. I just figured this out. Like this is, this is the secret sauce. This is yeah. literally the secret sauce. And so I started hosting events and it started last year. I call my company powerhouse because I truly feel that every single person is a powerhouse and you just have to break down the old framework and build the powerhouse that you want to be. Mm -hmm. And everybody can be exactly who you want to be. And we're all created to be a powerhouse. We have all these beautiful gifts and this love and this light to give to the world. But until we break down the walls and the barriers and clean out that closet, we can't ever be that powerhouse we want to be because we're still dealing with all this shame and guilt inside. Right. And so when I learned how to take down like that wall of shame, this wall of guilt, this wall of you're not enough, this wall that you, know, you can't do that, who do you think you are? And then I built the powerhouse that I wanted to be by deciding, you know what? I want 
want to have integrity in everything that I do because before I couldn't trust myself. I didn't have integrity. And so that became a core value to me is, okay, how are you going to be integral today? Everything that you do, how are you going to show it up fully with integrity? And that means I have to speak my truth. That means I have to show up. It means I have to be my best self. It means I have to be on time. It means I have to do all these things, right? Because right. to me, that's my core value. Otherwise, my house breaks down. And so that became a foundation and that part of like my mindset and like learning how to deal with like how I thought and like remove those disempowering thoughts and replace them with empowering thoughts, building that wall up, dealing with my thoughts, my feelings, my emotions, and like learning how to deal with that and handle that was another wall. And then choosing to decide who I want to be and step into that every day was that the rooftop. And so I put it all together, built the powerhouse. And I finally loved myself. I actually got to sit back and like look in the mirror and be like, wow, I I finally love me. I finally healed. I finally can see me. I finally let myself be seen. And so I started doing powerhouse events and it was just awesome. And then in January this year, I quit uh, the job I was a VP at. I left my six figure income to start coaching full time. And just to be like, you know what? Again, I like massive action, right? So like, I'm like, yeah, I'll just quit. Like, let's go. Let's make it happen. Boom. And okay, um, well, I am glad you're not the only one because we talked about earlier my um, job. Yeah. yeah, I quit two weeks ago. Ah, yes. Because <laughs> I was finally just like, I loved it. And don't get me wrong, like, I've been a crisis worker and I, I love everything about it. But like you just said, I need. You need to finally just be like, believe in yourself yep. enough to be like, okay, that's it. I'm going all in. Yes. You can't keep dipping a toe. No. You keep dipping a toe. You're never, you're never going to really do it. Submerge and, and be like where yes. you want to be. And so, girl, I just followed your footsteps. Oh, my <laughs> gosh. No, I love it. Well, and it's I scary. It's so scary. I was like terrified. I was like texting a couple of my friends. And I was like, oh. like, I had dreams. Like, I was looking at my husband. I was like, I had a dream that I went in my office and my partner was like talking to me. Like, I was legit like, we oh yeah by it for a totally minute. and then finally like you know I was like you know what screw it like I'm gonna go for it what do I have to lose if Absolutely. it doesn't I can go apply for a job again and do the same thing yes but I might as well go in head first and go for it do it so I, I love you for that, that. that's totally, so amazing like teaching that because oh for great. sure and um my coaching isn't to help people like quit their job or anything like that, but it ends up happening often because because <laughs> they finally find like their purpose, yeah. their passion. And they're like, oh my god, I have to do that. Everyone's like, like, Stephanie Powerhouse made me quit my job. No, literally, literally. <laughs> um, and like, so the office that I rent out actually is an insurance office, and they're like, girl, you have got to get some good insurance because everybody comes in here and they quit their job after like, oh they've talked to you. And I'm like, I know, I know. Like, but oh, sorry, nobody's for me. Yeah, I'm like, please for the love. But it was. Um, to me, for me, quitting my job was another way of me getting over a limiting belief about myself. Yeah. Um, and so that belief was that, well, you can only be successful in this job because mm-hmm. I have an associate's degree. I don't have anything beyond that. And no one else is going to think you're smart in another company. Like, you're the vice president here. How You're never going to get that you job somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, exactly, right? And so then it became this. So I moved that limiting belief to be like, okay, well, once you make this much money from coaching, then you can quit. Mm-hmm. And the second I wrote that down was the second I decided, F that, you're going to go quit now. Because that was just me telling myself, you still aren't worth it. Mm -hmm. You aren't worth it. And I was like, no. Well, you're not believing in yourself enough. Right. Yeah. And if you don't believe in you, no one else can believe in you. Yep, exactly. And so that day, I went and I told my CEO, I was like, hey, I got to talk to you. Uh, I'm going to quit. I'm going to start coaching full time. And he's like, okay, cool. So how many clients do you have? I'm like, zero. (laughs) And he's like, what? And he's like, Uh, you do for a living and how much money you make right and I'm like uh-huh yeah yep sure do oh. I'm like, so I mean if you want to invest in me cool yeah, like, right? like, no but it was easy he's like wow he's like I've never felt what courage really felt like until this moment and I was like I've never felt more courageous in my life until this moment <laughs> and, it, awesome. like, and I was just like this waterworks and it's just beautiful but it started me on that journey of that and it's been the best ride of my entire life because I'm doing what I feel like I'm really called to do and, and what do I feel like I, no at all like you just no. it's all working out the way it's supposed to um, I want to say it's all working out the way it's supposed to. I mean, like, according... It's hard. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard, but it's working out beautifully. Okay. I like to say that, is that I've never felt more alive. I've never felt more in alignment of who mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be. I've never felt more passionate about something in my entire life. I've mm-hmm. never... Sorry. <laughs> I've just no, never been more me in my entire no. life, and I've never been able to give back the way I've been able to give back in my entire life. And, um... That's amazing. The growth that I've had within me through all this has been powerful too, and I I would never trade anything for it in a million years. You could offer me a million dollars to go and work at a company, and I would say no yeah. because like this You're is truly happy. Yeah, like this is what I'm supposed to do, and this is what I was created for. 
and I gotta do it. And like, there's someone out there who's hurting, who um, You're is looking that light. yeah, and they're looking in the mirror. And I remember how I used to feel, and they're mm -hmm. feeling that, or they're seeing something, and um, they're hurt. They're they're so mean to themselves. They're binge eating right now. They're destroying themselves. They're drinking. They're they're you know on Snapchat sending some stupid boy all these nudes because they feel like that's the only, the only, the only way they're, they're worth get attention. Yeah, maybe. and. Those are the girls I pray for every day, and that, that's mm -hmm. what I'm supposed to do, is to go and help them and see the light in them so they can be the light they're supposed to be, you know? So, yeah, wow, that's how Powerhouse started. <laughs> oh, well, like I said, I mean, you are changing lives, and, Bless you. you know, it may not be exactly where you want it to be, but it's but just keep having the faith, and everything's going to continue oh, absolutely. to align, and... I mean, met you today, but I feel like I've known you. We've been talking on, you know, Instagram and stuff, and I watch all your stuff, and I'm just like, you are teaching me. I mean, I'm I'm doing this. Like, I'm I'm a really good at helping other people. Yeah, I I'm good at giving people advice. I've been there. I know what they're talking about. I can give them great advice for days. I have a hard time with myself sometimes totally. following through with it, and just even recently, like you're teaching me that it's okay that I don't feel that I feel like I fail sometimes. But I have to get back up and try again and continue yeah. down the path that I want to go on to succeed in the things that I want. That's why I need my podcast candle in a dark room. Yes. Because there's, you've got to find that light in the darkness. And more times than none, that light is within you. And you mm -hmm. have to, I mean, once you find that light within you, you're going to guide yourself to where you need to be. Dude, you just gave me That was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I just love that you're just your whole inspiration, your whole story, your whole meaning behind everything. And I love how you like talk to little girls all the time. I think yes. that's great. Because my daughter, you know, having a almost five-year-old daughter, she... I mean, you meet my daughter. She, girl, has confidence for days. She went and brushed her hair last night and come out to my husband. Dad, I brushed my hair and got all my tangles out. I'm the most beautiful girl. Yeah. Girl has no shame. My family, like, we always laugh. We're like, she does not care. Like, she thinks yes. she's like me. I love that. But I want, I, that my fear is that light's going to dim. Yep. And people like you are what is teaching our girls and our boys to not let that light dim, to be themselves, not let anybody bring them down, not let society make them look in the mirror and think mm -hmm. anything less of themselves. Yeah. So I just, I love you. And well, I thank you. Love I love you. Team. I love like just your vibe, your whole energy and what you're doing. Like you truly are bringing thank that light you. to the world and we need more people. We need more light workers. We need yep. more people who are willing to be vulnerable, who are willing to put themselves out there, who are willing to yes. be like, yeah, here's my shit sandwich and it's not going to taste so good, but you're going to have to bite into it so right. you can actually fill and heal. And yeah. it's just that. And so thank you for seeing that light in me because that's exactly yes. what I see in you. Well, and I think that we got to work together too. I mean, I think it takes a village as people Absolutely. say. And we need to be that village. And those of us that are working on this need to come together and yes. teach this because that's the way it's going to do it. You can't do it just on your own. I, I can't do it just on my own. We have to do it together. And that's why I love... And support each other through that and like yes. lean on each other. A lot of people feel like there's all this like... Competition. Exactly. No. And it's not... It's like, girl, first off, whoever's going to work with you and relate to you is because your story, your message yes. is exactly what they needed right mm -hmm. now. So bless you. Go do Use that. It. Come yes. together and build it. So I said, yes. we're going to do a TED Talk, guys. Yes. And we're going to bring all of us like powerhouse women and we're going to come together yes. and we're going to talk something. Oh, yes. shit. That's talk. the next best idea ever. <laughs> yes. It's like idea. Yes. Um, but what you say your Instagram? Because I can't remember the exact. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's Steph Ilef. S T E F I L I F F. So I, mine. It's just my name. My name spelled super weird. Okay. Um, and then yeah, my podcast is just talking. You can follow my website at find triple w dot. That sounds weird to say that. But at findyourinnerpowerhouse.com dot um, okay. or Facebook. And I'm you Steph Ilef too. Coach clients. Or yeah. how does it, how are Yeah, so I do, do group it? coaching. I do one-on-one okay. -on -one coaching. Um, I do powerhouse meetups once a month too. So you can just come and some of them, I do a free event every single month. So that way it's like everybody in the community can just come and get together and really get their cup filled awesome. and like learn and grow together and find other like-minded women who want to work with you and who help you and just like be that friend and that support system mm -hmm. so you can have those real conversations, you know? Yes. Okay. Um, I do events all the time. And then, uh, yeah, right now I have my group coaching program that's open at, closes on Tuesday, so if that's something you're interested in, then... Oh, yeah, I've been looking at that. That looks awesome. Okay. Yeah. yeah, so you guys, make sure you check out her Instagram, and be sure to share with your friends, follow at Candle in a Dark Room, and thank you so much, girl, for yes, coming and sharing you. your story and being so amazing.